Can everyone hear me okay? Marvellous. Okay, so I've got, apparently I'm a ball of energy, an extreme extrovert. There's lots of expressions that Joe used to describe me. So um, I'm speaking today on the subject of how do we share our faith in a natural and normal part of our everyday. And as I was thinking about this morning, I thought, well, some people might have known me already, and maybe I've spoken at up here talking about Alpha and stuff and they might be thinking already switching off thinking I know why Charles has been asked to speak about this because he's an extreme extrovert which means actually um, he's really good at talking and sharing and what he believes well first of all I'm not particularly brilliant at that to be absolutely clear my wife Karen is much better than me in fact there are quite a few people here today are here because Karen invited them to come even when we weren't part of the church and she's not an extreme extrovert. And, and, um, and the other reason is because I'm pretty sure that Jesus didn't say, all you extroverts, go make disciples of every, every nation. But you introverts, you're off the hook. Because I didn't make you that way. I made you to be quiet and reserved. You need to share your faith. It's cool. Stay back. Kick back. Um, relax. I don't think, I think he's called us all to go out and make disciples. But not all in the same way. Not all in the same way. And so... Um, you, some of you still might not believe me, by the way. And so I, I want to also make this point again by saying that in a few weeks' time, Josh Chamberlain, who is the headmaster of the local primary school, is coming to speak in the same series. And he is an extreme introvert. In fact, he describes himself as the introvert of all introverts. In fact, he said to me, and this is absolutely true, that he breaks out in a sweat when he has to speak in front of people. Now, he's the headmaster of a school, which means he must be damp most of the time. <laughs> In my opinion. I did ask permission before I could make that gag, by the way. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe, maybe listen to him if you're feeling particularly introverted. But I, I want to start this morning talking about a story. And the story is of a man who was 25 years in his job. He was like a, a human version of a lie detector. He was so smart, he used to work actually as a security guard. He'd sit in his little booth and he'd watch all of the workers leave the factory out every day and one day, a guy walks past him with a wheelbarrow. And he knows immediately that this guy's snicking something. So he stops him and says, can I look inside the wheelbarrow? And he opens up the wheelbarrow and in there's an oily rag. And he opens the oily rag and there's this junk in there. So he has to let him go. He says, that's strange. I don't normally get it wrong. Following week, same thing happens, same time. Stops the guy, absolutely convinced now he's stealing something. Opens the oily rag, just junk. Now, this happens week after week after week, and it's driving the security guard nuts because he's thinking, I know he's stealing something. I just can't work out what it is. So one day he decides to do something he's never done before. He stops the guy and says, I am going to form a deal with you, and this is the deal. I'm going to let you off, no problem, as long as, A, you never do it again, and secondly, you tell me what you're nicking. The guy spends a moment thinking about it and then says... I'm stealing wheelbarrows. <laughs> you see, sometimes the truth is in plain sight. It's in front of our eyes. It's right there. But we don't see it. And I think Jesus was absolutely brilliant at showing us the wheelbarrows, right? We like to make our lives very complicated. And Jesus often brought things down to real simple things. In fact, the time... you know, I don't know if you know this, but in the Old Testament, which was called the Torah... Uh, in Jesus' time, there were over 600 commandments. And, uh, and it was really tricky to remember all of these. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, 
the religious leaders of the day, they were pretty good at remembering all of them, and they loved that because it made them feel superior to everyone else, right, to the average man. And so they come up to Jesus and they say to him, okay, which are the most important of all of these? And Jesus says this, and I'm going to read this from the message. It's a slightly different translation. He says it's in Matthew uh, chapter 22. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from these. The wheelbarrow. Love. We call with a purpose. It's really simple. Love God with everything we've got and love each other as ourselves. It's really simple, but hard to do. Now, the Bible talks about this in the context of sheep. Now, sheep aren't really strong or known particularly well for their brain power. So kind of Jesus needs to make these wheelbarrow points more than once, right? Now, you've all got a favorite film. I've got my favorite films. We often have a favorite scene in our favorite film. Maybe even a favorite quote in the favorite scene in the favorite film. Maybe it's, I had you at hello. Maybe it's, he's looking at you, kid. Maybe it's, I'll be back. I don't know what it is. But in Jesus' life, in the closing scenes of his life, on the, the night before he was betrayed, on the last meal he has with his mates, after the supper when he's washed their feet and told them that that's how you lead, he had one more thing to say to them. A new commandment I give you, that you should love one another as I have loved you. By this you'll know that all men called by this you'll know that that you are my disciples if you love one another he wants to make it really really clear in fact actually the starting point of my talk today was how to share with everyone else how do we bring the kingdom of god into people's lives actually starts right here right now in this church actually the early church grew mostly because of how everyone loved each other in the church they started sharing their stuff buying things for each other, eating with each other. It was counter-cultural. It was completely against society of the time. And it was infectious. The love that everyone had with each other drove people into the church. So the first thing we need to do is love each other more, share with each other more, connect with each other more. That's the first thing that we need to do because that love gets poured down into our laps, pressed down, and gets outflowing, overflowing into the world around us. And that's how it works. But I want to talk with you about two things today, two simple things about how we share our faith in a, in a way that feels natural and normal. And I want to talk about it a bit like a coin. There are two parts of this coin, two sides of the coin. The first is about being available. And I want to tell you a story. I was in the Philippines working with street kids. And I got really sick, I had a fever, I didn't have any drugs or anything like that, so I was laid up in bed, I got, um, lost a lot of weight, and on the day I actually got better, uh, I had to go and speak at a polytechnic, a local polytechnic, and I hated doing that, it was just the worst thing for me. Not because of the speaking about Jesus, but I could cope with that, it was I had to drum up the support first, I had to get people to go to the room where I could talk to them. I was like a performing seal, kind of like, come on, I'm funny really, I used to even moonwalk. Who wants to see the moonwalk? 
If you were just about to drop off, you're now fully engaged again, aren't you? Here we go. There you go, there you go. As successful now as it was then. Round of applause, thank you very much. And on the upper levels as well. Thank you very much. So I'm in this room feeling like I don't want to be there at all. Feeling very, uh, well, I, was, I made myself available, but I didn't really want to be available. And I start talking, and I'm talking about, the subject is all about the Passover, and where the term Passover comes from, which uh, is when the Hebrew slaves, they were told to stay in their houses, lock the doors, put blood of a spotless lamb on the lintels, which is like the outside of the door. And when the angel of death passed by, then actually they'll be safe inside. Nothing will come in to harm them. It's a pretty gruesome story. But the, the, the purpose of the story, the truth of the story, was all about the fact that it's got nothing to do with us. Our, us being safe, us being saved, is not anything to do with our righteousness, our goodness. It's all to do with the spotless lamb out on the outside, Jesus on the, on, in our hearts to protect us. And so I'm, I'm telling this story, and a girl starts crying at the back of the room, right? One of the students. She starts sobbing. I think, what have I done wrong now? I do not want to be here. And I've even made them cry. They're going to kick me out of this polytechnic for good. And so I carry on. I plod on through. I don't feel the movement of the spirit. I don't feel like there's a powerful thing going on in the room. None of that. Just a girl crying. Everyone leaves at the end of the room, at the end of the, the talk. They all go up one by one. And she's sitting there by herself at the back of the room. She walks up to me. I didn't really say anything. I had nothing to say to her. I thought it was going to be all bad news. She said, you know, I've lived my whole life in fear. Fear I wasn't good enough for God. Fear that I wasn't going to be able to have a relationship with him because of stuff I've done. But I, today I've been set free. I didn't say hallelujah at that moment. I didn't go, woohoo, here we go. I just had a terrible thought. What is if I hadn't showed up? What happened if I'd stayed in bed and thought, actually, I'm too tired for this today. I've had a fever. I need a rest. What happens if I hadn't shown up? And Jesus said to me something very clear that day. He said, it's not, get over yourself. It's not about your strength. It's not about all, all the, the, the stuff that you know. It's all about me. In your weakness, I am strong. So if there are people here thinking, well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know this about the scripture, I don't know, just show up. That's the first thing. You know, we're, I don't know if anyone remembers learning to write, right? I, I remember learning to write, and there was a margin down the page, and you had to kind of like work on the margin and start writing, and it was kept everything neat. I think our lives are a little bit like that piece of paper where we scrubbed out the margin. And we're running our lives to the edge of the page. We've lost the sense of availability. We've lost the opportunity to talk to the person at the school gate, the the mum who's had a really bad night, the the person at, at work who really needs a bit of God wisdom in their lives because a relationship has gone wrong. And we're not there because we're just too caught up in whatever we're doing. We're not available. So that's one side of the coin. How do we make ourselves available? How do we find ways to just put a bit of margin back in our lives, to give God the opportunity 
to be able to move through us. And the second side of the coin is actually about vulnerability. You know, we're all a little bit like onions. We kind of like dark brown on the outside and hard. But you peel a little bit of that back. And inside there's something soft. Something sweeter than that. I want to play you a little video from one of the greatest philosophers of our time. Please pay attention to this. It's a beautiful. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay, um... Ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No! Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No! Layers! Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody likes onions. So the reason I wanted to play this, my wife particularly likes this. <laughs> How many people are going to watch Shrek when we get home? Anyway, so... Um, the reason I'm playing this is a very good friend of mine who became a friend of mine this year in Alpha when we did Alpha together talks about, and I don't know if he's seen this, but he talks about his life being an onion. And that actually, um, since he's come to know Jesus, it's like God slowly peeling off the outer layers. He doesn't describe it joyfully. He describes it like it's a bit painful, but he knows something good's happening. Something powerful's happening as God's pulling those back. But I'll tell you something. The more layers are, are, are removed, the more powerful... He becomes for God. Because the more vulnerable we make ourselves with other people, the deeper the connection we have with people. And the deeper the connection we have, the more power and opportunity God has to move. I heard something at the HTV conference this year which has stuck with me. It's people will admire you for your strengths, but they will connect with you for your weaknesses. So roll forward from... This time in the Philippines, this crazy time, and Karen and I are living in a house we don't want to live in. Three kids, two twins, young life, a bit crazy. And Karen particularly wanted to get out of this house. And I decided to buy the house. We'll leave that for another day. It was a big mistake on my part. Um, and Karen said, we're going to pray for a new house. So we got a piece of paper out, and we wrote what we were on the, on the, on the, on the page. And top of Karen's list was community. I need community. I can't live in this road anymore because no, I don't know anyone. So we pray for this house. We find this house. We buy the house. It's in a cul-de-sac. So we get to know lots of people in the street. We build up relationships with people. And it's good. We know our neighbor. And um, then one of our neighbors um, had some really bad news on a regular visit to the dentist. But... They knew us well enough to be vulnerable with us. And so they just said, look, this is what's going on with us. Now, my love language is food. I love eating food, as you can probably tell. I love cooking food. I love sharing food. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll make soup. doesn't sound very spiritual. But I thought, if I make loads of soup and I put it on their door, when they come back from the doctors, there's a hot meal on their door. There you go. So I did it. The guy who had the diagnosis had the most fantastic sense of humor. So he was very quick to come back with a critique on the soup, the quantity and the quality. That didn't put me off. I'll make it again, I thought. I'll make bigger volume. So I made bigger volume. And then after that, I said, look, can I pray for you? And he said, 
yeah, 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 of course, I'd love you to pray for me. So I prayed for him. And then um, we, we, we called Jerry up on a Sunday night, God bless him, actually. And I said, Jerry, are you available tomorrow morning? Because, and he was available, actually. There you are. That wasn't in the early sermon, was it? And, um, and I said, can you come round to this guy's house and pray with me with him? So Jerry pops round, I'm round, we're praying. And then, and then he comes to church, and we pray again in church. And now he knows I pray for him every day. I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm praying for him. And he knows we have his back. We know, he knows we're with him. He knows we're going through this with him. We are all on a journey and we are there loving him through it. So really, this is what I wanted to talk to you about today. I wanted to talk to you about these two things. Be available. Even just the margins of your life. Make yourself available and be expectant that God will use you in those moments. And be vulnerable. Just, just Peel off a little bit. Because the more you peel off, what you're really doing is giving permission for other people to do the same, right? The more we make church look like an apple store and less like a hospital, the more people think we've got to be shiny and fixed and sorted and beautiful to go. The more we share ourselves like we're not fixed, that things aren't right, the more permission people have to say, oh, actually, I'm like that too. And we have a depth of relationship. So this is all I really wanted to talk to you about this morning. If, if you feel like any of this has touched you, I want to pray for you this morning, wherever you're at. And so what I'd like to do is the church, the church, I'd like the band to come back. And I'd like everybody to stand, if that's okay. So if there's anybody here who feels that this is true for them, that they want more margin in their lives for God to move, even just on the peripheral of their lives, and they want to be excited to see that happen and for lives to change. For anybody who feel a little, feels a little bit like an onion where everything's a little bit closed off and you need to be, have things pulled back. There was a word earlier about the, 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 the Japanese pot that was put together with gold, right? The gold's the cracks. It's the cracks where God uses the, the best bit to bring healing to other people. So if you're like that, I'd like you to come forward for prayer. If, if any of you have got someone on your heart that you've been praying for for a long time and you, you just don't know how to pray for them anymore and maybe you lost a bit of hope and you want to have a fresh understanding, a fresh anointing of how to pray for those people, I want you to come forward now. So Bam, Bam will you pray? Will you pray? Thank you. So please come forward and I'd like to pray for you this morning if you're any of those people. come out down the front if you if you if you want to just step out a little bit more if you want to make a bit more space for people to come to to know Jesus open up your lives a bit more come down the front Giles is going to pray for you and then we'll, we'll get some others to pray for you but let's let's lean into this moment and 
Jesus, I thank you so much for these people that have come forward. I, I pray for them and I pray for all of us here today. Lord, that you would bring back that margin into our lives. Down the side of that page, that we would have enough space 